I want to apologize for waiting half a week to drop this episode. That's on me. Uh, it's a time of year where I'm just traveling, moving around, and and kind of, I don't know, man. Just I need I need October, November, uh, and some some of December as well. So I appreciate your patience, those of you that are weekly listeners. Getting this episode out a little bit late, but we're going to make it up to you with some bonus episodes. Today's episode will also be shorter. I just wanted to get something out midweek just so that we don't skip a week. And uh, so thanks for tuning in. Today's will be shorter, but I'm telling you, it is straight meat. It is, it's going to be uh, very challenging and encouraging. Those of you that were the marriage conference, I'm going to share something that I shared there and, uh, and give you the source for this and we'll link it up because a lot of people ask for, uh, for this, um, article that I'm going to share. Um, so thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Welcome to no sanity required. Welcome to No Sanity Required, from the ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. All right, gang, so it is, uh, I think we're getting this out on Wednesday. We normally drop on Monday. I apologize, and I'll be leaving tomorrow, Thursday. I'm, I'm flying to Boston with Little, my wife, and Laylee, my oldest kid that's still at home she's my uh my 18 year old and uh we're we're in the process of uh the 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 college search right now but uh so i'm gonna have another one leaving the house in the next few months and um dreading that i dread having laylee not under our roof i love that kid so much and i'm sure many of you can relate to that having you know we got a lot of empty nesters that listen and those of you that have small kids soak it up eat it up it is crazy how fast it goes by just crazy but we're going to boston me little and laylee um i don't like to tell on here where i'm going because inevitably uh <laughs> there will be people in the area that i think sometimes you know we we're torn we'd like to go see and that want to you know i'll get messages hey meet us for lunch hey swing by the house hey let's grab coffee and man i love i love doing that i love being on the road and and meeting folks and seeing folks, but from time to time, it's it's very important to just you know have that family time away. So this is kind of a we're going to do a Laylee's bigger senior. Each of our kids in their senior year, we try to do something cool with them. And Laylee and Little are going to go to Uganda to hang out with Kilby and Greg. But this is kind of the 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 precursor to that. We're going to do a a trip, get away, spend a long weekend, just enjoy, uh, being together, enjoy the time together. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, going to get some good food, um, see some historic sites and then, and then catch, uh, the Virginia tech Boston college football game on Saturday. And, um, I'm excited. We're going to watch that. I'm hoping Tuck's going to be there. He's, he's, he's nursing a little bit of a knee injury. I don't think it's anything too serious, but, he took a he took a little bit of a, a shot in the game on Saturday. We got whooped by Louisville. Man, they're good. They're so good. But anyway, um, he played great. I was proud of him. And um, but he got he got dinged up. So hopefully he'll be traveling. If not, then uh, I don't know. We may not go to the game if he's not playing. That, that's fair weather football fans. I know if we if we do that, but uh, might give us a second day to or third day to see the sites. We're going to be up there Thursday afternoon, all day Friday. Then uh, Saturday we're going to catch the game, fly home Sunday. 
So I don't know. We'll see. But I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we've just come out of our two weekends of back-to-back marriage retreat weekends, marriage conference at SWO. The marriage conference at SWO is phenomenal. The I just want to say what an incredible job our food service folks did. Jeremy, Emma, all of our food service people here at SWO, their team, and then also the hospitality team led by Tiffany and uh, Rachel. Just incredible um, weekend. Um, those of you that came, you know what I mean. It was awesome. The teaching was um, so so good. Uh, at least at least the other three guys that taught. Uh, not speaking about my teaching, um, but I I sat under the other three sessions and enjoyed it so much and was encouraged. Just appreciative of the faithfulness of the teachers here. Now, if you want to jump past, I'm going to tell some stories in this episode. I'm going to share just some fun stories from some of that. It may be just you want to get to the meat of it. If you want to get to the meat of it, jump ahead and listen to about the last seven or eight minutes. And uh, and I think I think you you know you'll 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 feel the weight of what I'm trying to say here. Jump to about this. Jump jump forward to like 17 minutes in and start listening there, and it'll pick up. Um, but I think a lot of you'll enjoy these stories that I want to share. Um, I know I've, in, I've I've enjoyed thinking through. I could tell a hundred more, but kind of landed on two or three here that I think will, will set this this up really well. Um, but one of the things that I shared came out of Genesis 3, and I want to share this with you. I, maybe maybe some of you have pets that uh, that you are particularly fond of. I'm sure a lot of people do. A lot of people have pets that are kind of, man, they're here and are there, um, neither here nor there, but some pets that you just really bond with you know and I know some of you are dog lovers or cat lovers and some of you refer to yourself as daddy or mama to your cat or your dog and I, I'm not there I, I refer to myself with my dogs I refer to myself as boss man and I refer to little as boss lady uh, I have I have kids and I am a dad but not to canines um, but whatever whatever your thing is but I know a lot of, we have a lot of folks that are um dog lovers cat lovers pet lovers uh we you know whatever but i i I think uh i wanted to share a couple of my favorite animal stories that i've shared here before one that was brought to my attention at the first marriage retreat and it was about a dog named nola we had a we had a chocolate lab named nola had her for eight years nine eight or nine years i think eight years and then she just disappeared i think a lot of times an older dog go off to die and uh Nola was the laziest dog we've ever had. She just laid around. And, you know, labs are supposed to be, you know, water dogs, jump off the dock, fetch a tennis ball or a stick. Well, Nola, she broke the mold because all she did was lay around. And uh, you couldn't get her to fetch a stick. She hated water. You couldn't even get her to put her feet in the water. She wouldn't. Even, she didn't want to walk across the creek. She was an anomaly. But she was a cool-looking chocolate lab. And uh, – I never saw her get worked up over anything. Like she just stayed so calm. But one day, um, Juju and Mo, my two of my younger children, um, they were they were maybe. Gosh, I mean, they were little. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Mo was two, and so Juju would have been six, four years between them, uh, like two and six, and they were in the yard, and. There was a guy down the road that had these, I think they were boxers. I can't remember if they were pit bulls or boxers. I think they were boxers, but there was two of them. 
These ugly, stupid dogs. They were so stupid. They just were idiots. Like they were the dumbest dogs I've ever seen in my life. They were just annoying and they would just bark at you and they would chase cars and just dummies, you know? And they came up to my house and I told him like, Hey man, don't let you keep your dogs, keep them over here. Don't let them come up on my place. You know, that, that'll be, and it's cause I was scared, you know, it wasn't that I had anything against these dogs. I just didn't trust them. I was scared to do something, you know, it would, it would pose a threat to one of my kids. And so I was like, you know, keep, keep your dogs pinned up or locked up or whatever. And, um, and the and the trade off was I'll make sure my dog don't don't come down there to your place. But anyway, um, one day I was out. We were out in the yard, and Juju and Mo were playing down in this little field below the house, and they're far enough away from the house that I can't get to them fast. And I, and those dogs come running at them, barking, and I don't remember where they came from. I think they were in the house because he lived. We have a little house that we rent, and this guy rented from us. And but we also didn't want him to have those dogs in our rental house, so he kept them in this. He had like a kennel cage thing, and um and 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 you might be like, why didn't you want to have dogs in the house? That's cruel. You should let them in the house. If, but no, it's my house and do what I want to. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't want those. They were big dogs, and they met, and just I didn't want dog hair all over the place. And the folks that are in that house now have a small dog in the house and I don't mind it at all, but these things were big. It was two or three. I think they had three of them total and I didn't want those dogs in the house. And they, it was always, they're taking them in the house and I'd have to say, Hey man, please don't have the dogs in there. And it was just a pain. Well, they get out, they come out of the house or the kennel or whatever, but they come running up the hill and they're coming after Juju and Mo and they're barking like, and I'm running to try to head to get to these dogs I'm running. I'm running towards Juju and Mo. The two dogs are running towards Juju and Mo. We're coming from opposite direction directions, and we're coming right at them. And they're just, you know, right. They're just kind of sitting ducks. I think he was, uh, you know, I, uh, Juju was like trying to protect and guard him or whatever, and he's screaming and and I'm not going to make it. I can see I'm not going to make it. I don't know what these dogs are doing. But they got their ears back and they're, you know, they're growling barking coming right at my kids well nola comes running past me y'all i had never seen that dog run she comes right past me and she steamrolled she weighed about 80 or 90 pounds she was big kind of chubby portly big girl she was a big girl and she rolled those dogs up and she hit one of them so hard i think it made him dizzy anyway she saved the day and uh, that was a pretty cool that was a pretty cool uh dog story had another dog named ace he was a big pyrenees my favorite dogs that we have are a couple of pyrenees ace and roxy we've still got roxy she's like 13 years old or no 11 years old she's 11 years old um and she still you know lays out front and guards she don't want to come in the house she won't even come in if you invite her in lays out there and guards the front you know the front of the property but ace was her buddy and man, he would chase cars. And I come driving in the driveway one day. I was getting it coming up my gravel road, gravel drive, and I'm flying, you know. And he jumps right in front of me, and I hit him so hard, pow, rolled him, you know. And I thought I just killed Ace. And Little was out there, it happened right in front of some of the family. And he runs off down in the woods. I was like, oh no. And then it was like this ordeal of trying to find him. We couldn't find. Him. We finally found him down in the woods. He wouldn't let us get close. And 
try to get to him. He would run off like he's running off to die. And we're about two days later, um, we're out there in the yard and he comes walking up the hill, just fine, wagging his tail. Like he, like I, he went somewhere and was miraculously healed, you know? Um, and then I had this one dog. I tell one more, one more pet story. And I know I'm going to get a thousand texts and messages and, comments which i'm fine with i love getting y'all stuff and hearing from y'all but everybody's going to share their pet story which is great i i look forward to it but um i had i had this uh i know steve and lena golf are avid listeners uh at least lena is i know and they live in laos and uh, i was i was just thinking as i was telling that story while i go about those boxers that they had a couple boxers lena had a couple boxers that were so they were the funniest dogs and lena could Lena could get them to sing, you know, to, to, to like, literally she would sing to them and then they would start singing and it was like something out of lady in the tramp. I loved that. I would, every time I'd go over there, I'd be like, Hey, get, get, uh, get the dogs to sing. I forget that one dog's name. And she would just howl and sing. And Lena's dad is, uh, one of our board members and uh, real close with that family. But anyway, uh, so I know there's a lot of dog stories. But let me tell you one more, and this is uh, not really one particular story. This is just about a dog. Her name was Lacey. She came with the name, and I got her because we were before we started Snowbird. Me and Little were working on a on a farm. It was a camp, but it was kind of like a dude ranch. We had cows and horses, and I needed a good working dog. And this dog was like, um, she was a Australian cattle dog. She was a blue healer. I think they're. Australian cattle dogs, but then you get blue or red, and so they're called blue healers or red healers. She's a blue healer, and those dogs, most blue healers are a pain. They're real mouthy. They're bad to bite people. They're good if you want a guard dog, but they're not good if you're going to have a lot of folks coming in and out of your property, a lot of guests coming over and stayed with uh, some friends who are also avid listeners, um, Keith and Betty Park up in uh, Kentucky last week when we went to that Louisville game. And they had a blue healer that was real mouthy, and it was like, oh, gosh, is this thing going to bite me? Keith is having to constantly, hey, you know, call the dog away or whatever. And They're just real mouthy dogs, but they're great if you want a dog that not going to let anybody come near the house, you know. So we had this blue healer, and I loved that dog, but she she had learned how to sort of, it was like she knew when to bark, when not to bark, when to let folks come up, when not to let folks come up. And she was one of those, I mean, I've never had a dog like her and don't expect I ever will. Again, I could speak to her in complete sentences. I could say, uh, and we we got Lacey when she was like a year and a half old because these people had uh, Australian shepherds. And and so they decided to try healers and she was so high strung and wild and they just got frustrated. And so they got rid of her and I got her for free. They gave, they were giving her away. I saw it in the classifieds and in the stock paper. And uh, so I got her and. And at first she was hard headed, but man, did a little work with her and got got her kind of calmed down. And she just turned into the greatest dog we ever had. And you could say, "Hey, Lacey, go out there and get in the bed of the truck. I'll be out in a minute. We're gonna go to town." And she'd go outside. She'd push the door open because we lived in an old cabin, me and Little, with no running water. You know, when we started Snowbird. It was just a rustic old shack in the woods, and so the door you just push it either way. You know, it was easy to open could push it from the inside but from the outside you could it was it was on a spring so you could it was easy to pull but she could she could let herself out or in because she'd hook her paw into it and she'd kind of get the spring tension and pull the door open and so you could let her she you know you 
tell her, hey, you can't be in the house. Go outside. She'd go outside. And then you'd call her in. She'd come in. Whatever you told her, she wouldn't do something different until you told her. So I could say, Lacey, go get in the back of the truck. She'd go out there and hop in the bed of the truck. And then I could say, uh, hey, it's cold or it's raining. Go get in the cab of the truck. And she'd go out there, climb up in the bed, go up on the you know, the toolbox, and then open the little slider window with her nose. I left it unlatched, and she'd jump into the floor. You know the truck, and I say you don't lay on the seat. You get in the floor. You're muddy, and she just knew she would lay in the floor. You know, or I could say, all right, I'm going to go in. Don't, uh, you know, I need you to stay in the back of the truck. She would just stay there. I could stay in the grocery store an hour, and she'd stay in the truck. Um, I come to the door, you know, the um, Ace Hardware, and whistle for her, and she'd look, and I'd say, come on, come inside, and she'd come and go in the store. Everybody at Ace knew her. Everybody at Napa knew her. You know. All the local stores, feed store, everybody knew Lacey and loved her, and she was great. She's such a good dog. I could sick her on somebody, and uh, she'd catch Frisbee, and I could throw a Frisbee, man. As, uh, as far as you could throw one, she'd run it down and catch it. She's just awesome. So anyway, I've rambled for 15 minutes here talking about pets. Why? Because I want to read something to you that is shocking. It is shocking. And I've I've been hanging on to this for almost two months, wanting to think, how am I going to share this? How am I going to share this with our listeners? And then, uh, like, I felt like I needed to build an episode around it, and I and I don't have that. I don't have it. I could tell another hour of pet stories. You know, I've got we've got some cool pet history with our animals. Um, when Lacey died, we raised we kept one of her puppies, and 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 had that dog for about eight years. And that dog was awesome. Her name was Dally, and she was awesome. And uh, she got stitched. I had to, I stitched her up one night. I I I gave her a shot of Ace. And, uh, which is like a horse sedative and gave her a small dose of ace, knocked her out and stitched her up cause she got tore up saving our kids from some crazy dogs that had come up the road. And anyway, go on with those stories, but I want to get to this one thing and it's, and it's something that I read about what happened in Genesis three. And, uh, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to read this. And I'm shifting gears here, but I want to read it and and I want it to just sink in. Let this settle over your imagination. Genesis 3 is probably too familiar. Serpent lies, Eve eats, Adam joins, God walks, humans hide and blame, God curses and promise, God covers and drives out. I wonder what that covering was like for Adam and for Eve too, but particularly Adam. For a long time, I envisioned the animal skins were simply covering Adam and Eve with something better than their leaves, but that leaves the story pretty flat. There's no human element to it. The more I began to think about it, the more disturbing the story became. To get those skins, God performed the first sacrifice. He slaughtered his own creation, his good creation, to make those coverings. And the clothes shouldn't be sanitized. They wouldn't have been nicely tanned leather contrary to what i'd pictured for so long with the help of sunday school flannel graph i imagine god took the skins directly from the animals and draped them over adam and eve heavy smelly still dripping a visceral reminder of the cost of their sin that seems more plausible than nicely tanned leather garments what would that have done to adam Apart from probably just feeling and smelling gross, I think Adam may have had a deep, 
guttural, emotional reaction. Forgive the obvious, but chapter 2 happens right before chapter 3. Remember what happens in chapter 2? Adam is alone, and God says, that's not good. So he brings all the animals to Adam to name them. But the purpose wasn't just to name the animals. That particular scene closes with the revelation that no partner was found for Adam. The next scene opens on Adam asleep and minus a rib. When he awakes, Eve is standing next to him. It's easy to read the naming episode quickly, maybe envisioning Adam viewing a parade of animals, originality and imagination running low as the 1,582nd animal march past. I have a hard time believing that's how the naming happened. Permit me a little speculation. Okay, a little more speculation. In Adam's unfallen world, the animals weren't afraid of people. That doesn't happen until chapter 9. So when God brought the animals to Adam, I think we should picture close and intimate contact. How else do you know it's not suitable as a helper? To name them, Adam needed to know them. To know them. He had to spend time with them. Adam named the animals. He knew them. They were his animals. Adam didn't experience wildlife the way we do, from a distance with a good pair of binoculars. God brought them to Adam. There was a connection, familiarity, intimacy. He stroked the mane of the lion, listened to the song of the robin as it sat on his shoulder, fed the elephant by hand, and let the skunks, rabbits, and raccoons play on him in the meadow. Adam and the animals were part of the same world, in the world together. When God draped Adam and Eve with those skins, they would have known exactly who they were wearing. The grace and mercy the cross of Jesus offers us is nearly inexpressible, but that cost is also sometimes very distant. I'm not sure I understand the cost in any tangible way. Not like Adam and Eve would have as they inhaled the scent of their new clothes, literally felt the weight of their covering and realized someone was missing from the garden. That's by J.R. Hudberg, and it's called Feeling the Weight of Sin. And I want to share that with you because I think that we become too familiar with the weight of our sin or sometimes we're not familiar enough. I say it that way because I think sometimes we become so familiar that we become comfortable with it. And other times, I think we are unaware of it. We don't pay attention. But just like God clothed Adam and Eve in the skins of those animals, the Bible says that we are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. And today, if you're feeling like, your sin defines you or you're under the weight of shame and guilt and you don't you don't have the freedom that Christ offers because you're living with that shame and that guilt and the weight of your sin then know this that the righteousness of Jesus clothes you and fills you and covers you and defines you making you righteous and holy and free i think that's uh i think that's so important for us to understand that Jesus' sacrifice was necessary to cover us and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. And we need to be reminded of that when we're reminded of the weight of our own sin, your past adultery or pornography or addiction or 
or your season of rebellion and backslidden laziness, whatever it is, Jesus is the one that covers you and frees you from that. And so let's be reminded of that this week. Think about your favorite pet story, your favorite animal, the one that you'll never forget. Maybe it was a childhood animal. Maybe it was one that it's one that you've got now, but imagine what it must have been like the familiarity for Adam and Eve to know who they were wearing and to realize the weight of their sin. It had cost it had cost sacrificial blood. And for us, there was one sacrifice and it was once for all and it'll never be needed again because it was sufficient. No sacrifice of Jesus. Know the weight of your sin. Know the one who paid for it. Walk in faithfulness and obedience and in and through his strength and his covering every single day. Thank y'all for listening. Hope you have an awesome rest of your week and we'll check back in next week. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at SWOutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.